At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This is the Chicago City Cast with Danny Burke, presented by Bet Rivers. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Happy Thursday to all of you out there, and welcome into another edition of the Chicago City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Remember, you can always follow me along on Twitter at Danny Burke 5 and catch my show Rush Hour Monday through Friday, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time, broadcasting live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook in Des Plaines, Illinois. So if you're stopping by, say what's up. If you can't make it down, check us out on the Marquee Sports Network, Fubo TV, along with Sling TV, the Xfinity app, YouTube TV, iHeartRadio, so wherever you get your podcasts, and well, you already know this, but VSIN.com or the VSIN app. On today's episode, we've got a Cubs game to briefly preview because we got a 1.20 p.m. Central Time first pitch, so uh, hopefully some of you are able to tune in before that, if not, so be it. Uh, you can fast forward or you can tune in to hear how wrong or right I may be based on uh, my prediction for the game. But further along in this episode, we're going to be recapping game one of the Stanley Cup final electric game. No doubt uh, we got game six of the NBA finals to look forward to tonight. And I just want to spend a little bit of time since there's there's no Sox game tonight, but the Sox had a nice little sweep up in Detroit. So why don't we spend a little bit of time on this episode updating the AL Central odds, seeing who the White Sox have coming up around the corner. And look, if you haven't gotten invested, I did a while back at minus 110. Is now the right time to do it? 
May you still get a better number at some point in the season? We'll let you know that here on this show. So stick with us throughout. It should be a good one. But let's go ahead and begin with a brief preview of this Cubs and Padres game. Or actually, really quick, pardon me. Let me really quick recap our dimes last night. So we ended up with two official dimes. Uh, we did have the Cubs on the first five money line. Uh, that did not come home. We looked good for a second, right? I mean, the Cubs were up like 4-2 to two or something, and then they proceeded to give up like 10 runs. I don't know what it was exactly, but it was probably something like that. I was in the middle of a volleyball game with my intramural team at North Ave, and I look at the score, and uh, it's like, what What the hell just happened? So uh, that was not ideal. Cubs get spanked 19-5. to They have now lost three in a row to the Padres. Uh, that's, I don't even know how long their losing streak is at this point. But 19-5 to is your final. They are now on a, let's see, nine-game losing streak are the Cubbies. That's not really that good, huh? Well, anyways, the Cubs' first five money line did not come through. Um, so we take an L on that one, but we do get a dub with Nestor Cortez under his strikeout prop. So this was very odd how this went down, not with him and his performance, but the bet. So when I was talking about this on the show, it was at five and a half plus 118 to the under. I was trying to bet it after I was done recording, and the number had moved up to 6.5 with the under minus 155. Typically, I'm someone who will be grateful for getting a bump in the number, even if I have to lay a little bit more, so I played that. But then I went on rush hour, and I said, hey, you know, I was already touting it under 5.5, so if you like either, feel free to go ahead and take it. And I believe he ended up with four strikeouts, so we cashed in on Cortez on the under. We go 1-1 one one with our baseball plays last night. We did end up pulling the trigger as well on Tampa and Colorado over five and a half games played in the series. We'll tell you more about that in the second part of this episode. But uh, also, shout out to the White Sox beating the Tigers 13-0. Props to you. Okay, today's game, 120, start time, Padres, Cubs. A lot of books open this completely different. All right, but specifically at Bet Rivers, the Padres were opening at minus 159 and the Cubs at plus 135. Pretty much same deal. Wind is blowing out weather-wise, 14 miles per hour to right center field. It's going to be a hotter day here on the north side. Um, total open 9.5. We've seen that already tick up to 11. Uh, I guess not already since it's an early game, but you get my point. A lot of runs could be coming once again. Unders minus 120, over 11s plus 102. Now at Bet Rivers, the Padres, you see them minus a buck 77, and the Cubbies plus 150. Run line for San Diego minus 117. If you want to take the run in the hook with the Cubs, it's minus 103. So I, it was kind of wonky because, like I said, Bet Rivers opened them minus 159, but some other books even had them like $2 at the opener. So it, it really just depended on where you looked, but. I don't really think for this game, unless I'm completely missing something and looking the wrong way, that it matters where it opened because the Padres, to me, should have the advantage in this game. And not just because they're a better team. They're on a hot streak. They have owned the Cubs up to this point in this series. It's because they're throwing out Joe Musgrove, who has yet to surrender a run in the month of June and is 7-0 and with a 1.50 ERA, 2.66 FIP, 0.93 whip and a 329 Sierra. He's just as good on the road as he is at home, basically. All of his numbers are rock solid, no matter where you look. Left on base percentage, uh, walks per nine inning, strikeouts per nine inning. Um, 
I think I already said home run to fly ball ratio, but you get my point. I mean, there's really no weak spot for Joe Musgrove, it's, it seems like. He's been great, and he's actually fared well against the Cubs, posting a 197 ERA and an opponent's batting average of 181, despite a 3-3 three and three mark and eight career starts against the Cubbies. Yes, that goes across a larger sample size, so take that as you will, but he has been really, really good this year. Matt Swarmer is opposing him for the Cubbies. I don't know what to make of Swarmer, if I'm being honest. It's nothing really good. He's 1-1 one one throughout three starts. 424 ERA. 8.795. 34.6 home run to fly ball ratio. Ugh. But the Sierra could be promising. 388. His whip is one, uh, one flat is where his whip is at. Um, at Wrigley, he's got a FIP of 5.31. So with the wind blowing out, hot day, hot bats, I don't think this is a good spot for Matt Swarmer. Well, let's go through his starts. He went six innings in his first start against Milwaukee, allowed five hits and four runs. I think only one of them were earned, but come on, four runs is four runs. Uh, six innings pitched, two hits, one earned run versus the Cardinals. Five innings pitched. Seven hits, six earned runs at New York against the Yankees. Yeah, he was doomed from the start in that one. I would only bet San Diego here, long story short. And I was able to get, I think, let me double check if you shop around what's some of the best numbers you can get. Now, this isn't necessarily going to be a full-blown, like, official play by me. It's kind of more so like a, hey... We got to get involved. We don't have to, but we want to get involved with one of these Chicago baseball teams. One of them are off, and the other one's got an afternoon game, so we got to squeeze it in a little bit. Why not throw a little half unit on it, right? Get some uh, midday action. So if you're listening to this before the game starts and you want some action, well, the line's kind of gotten a little out of hand now, but I got like minus 165 on the money line, and again, I just threw like a half unit on it on the Padres. Um, if you want to get involved and you don't want to lay where it's the best is like 174 right now, maybe just look at the run line for the Padres. I was, I wanted to do their team total over, but at Bed Rivers, it's like six and a half. That's, that's too high. I mean, granted the Padres could score 14 or more like they did yesterday, 19, but, um, yeah, I, I think the Padres obviously have the pitching advantage we'll see what their lineup looks like maybe that's why some spots are moving against them and just because it's really hard to beat the same team four times in a row so again that's why this isn't like an official play out of me it's more so just a hey you know we're talking about it here on the city cast you want a little thursday afternoon action that's how i'm kind of thinking it padre should be the right side whether it's first five or full game probably more so first five because of musgrove over swarmer but I get why the total's going up. I mean, well, actually, here's the thing. I was thinking that at first, and now you're looking at it, and you got to be thinking also, like, well, the Padres haven't hit righties that great. I, I get it. I mean, they've been fine against the Cubs for the most part, but for a majority of their season, they've struggled against righties. If they can hit a righty, I'm sure they can hit Swarmer. That would be the one they could do it to. As for the Cubs, well, they're going against a top guy in Musgrove. Basically, what I'm saying is that maybe this situation isn't necessarily pertaining to another high-scoring game. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. That hasn't been the case the last couple games. 
but it wouldn't shock me if it stayed under. I'm doing nothing with the total. But I do think the Padres find a way to get another win against the Cubs and end up winning four consecutive against the Northsiders. If not, let me know. Hey, if they end up losing, obviously you could chirp me after it's happening on Twitter at DannyBerg5. But again, just for fun, kind of bet like a half unit just to get a little bit of skin in the game while I'm watching this one on this nice day in the Windy City. Let's keep talking baseball here. I want to switch over to the American League really quick and more specifically look at the AL Central and update some of these White Sox futures odds. White Sox had a nice series against the Tigers. It's kind of expected when you're a team like Chicago and you're going up against a team like Detroit. But still, it's a good boost for them. That's what they needed. So they won three at Detroit. Day off today. It's kind of tougher for them still because you got to go to Houston for your next series. And then you get Toronto at home. Then you get Baltimore at home in a four-game set, which will be beneficial. But right now, if you look at Bet Rivers, the odds for the AL Central, you can get the White Sox at minus 104. Do you think now is the time to jump in on the Chicago White Sox at minus 104? The Twins plus 105. The Guardians are 6 to 1. The Tigers 75 to 1. And at 300 to 1, your Kansas City Royals. Standings currently in the AL Central, the Twins are up. On top, 37-28 and 28 record with a plus-26 run differential. They're 6-4 and four in their last 10 games. Then come the Guardians, 31-27, and 27, two and a half games back, plus-36 run differential. They are 8-2 in their last 10 games. Hot team. White Sox, 6-4 in their last 10, minus-35 run differential. They are five games back at the record of 30 and 31. I still stand by the Sox team finding a way to win the Central. If not, maybe giving you at least a good hedging opportunity at the end if it's coming down to them and the Twins. Because I think the Guardians will falter. I've said I thought the Twins would falter, but at least they have some bats. I'm not sure if Cleveland can sustain this offense. Now, Adam Burke had a great write-up, and we've mentioned this not only here, but on Rush Hour, and really it revolved around the strength of schedule, and the White Sox statistically should have one of the easier remaining schedules in the second half of this season. So there's still a lot of hope for this White Sox team, all right? But again, the question is if you see what is happening now, you see their capabilities, even though it was against the Tigers, do you go in with the minus 104 right now, or do you wait to see what happens? in these next two series at Houston and then Toronto at home. I'm invested already at minus 110. If you are someone who has yet to be invested, you've been sitting on the fence, not sure when to jump, I actually would still wait. I don't trust the White Sox on the road in Houston. It wouldn't shock me at all if they got swept in that series after just coming up a sweep they conducted uh, they conducted themselves. I don't think that would shock any White Sox fan out there. And then getting Toronto at home, yeah, you're at home, but you really haven't been hitting that great at home. So 
even if they win a couple games in both series, I don't expect the odds to move that drastically because you still have to consider what's going to happen with the Guardians, what's happening with the Twins. So in these next two series, I'm assuming it's not going to move too much, but realistically, if it is going to alter, you may see a shift to Minnesota being the favorite, and you may get some plus money on the White Sox. So I'd say still have some patience, but still trust this White Sox team. The schedule will get easier. couple bumps before it gets to it right now. And then look to maybe attacking the White Sox for the AL Central. Again, I'm ar- I've already done it. Do I like Tony La Russa and what he's doing? Hell no. They should get rid of him at the All-Star break. Ignite a spark in this team. Turn things around. They need to get healthy. They need to hit righties. They need to do a lot of things. They're not a World Series contender. If you think they are, I'm sorry you're delusional. Even when they're healthy. They're not. They're not. But they can absolutely still conquer this AL Central because they have the most talented team. They have the pedigree in this division. And furthermore, the rest of these teams should not be able to sustain their success throughout this season. At least the Guardians. I mean, the Twins, maybe. Maybe. But I think still, at some point, they will slip. And that's when the White Sox can capitalize. And you know what? Even at this point, who gives a damn what the Twins and the Guardians are doing? All that matters is what you are doing in the month of June. What you are doing in the month of July. Once we get to middle August and beyond that, then we got to be concerned what the remaining teams in the division are doing. Until then, just focus on yourself and keep winning. How about the NL Central? These odds have actually shifted as well. And I'm sorry, when I say this, I truly don't remember. I don't know if I talked about this on the CityCast or on Bet on Chicago, another show that I do on Saturday nights on WLS 890 AM. I, I might have talked about this one. I definitely talked about it there, but I guess I don't know for sure if I did here. But with the NL Central, my strategy probably for the past month, because it's not really been a viable betting opportunity unless I guess you were high on the Cardinals at any point. I wasn't. But my strategy for the past month or so had been, let's wait and see if Milwaukee starts to struggle a little bit. And then conversely, let's see if the Cardinals can't get on a nice little win streak. So that was my thought process with this division if I were to get involved. Well, as of late, that's kind of been what's been going on, right? I mean, the Cardinals have taken over the NL Central now. They're a game and a half ahead of the Brewers. 37 and 28 as St. Louis. 35 and 29 as Milwaukee. Milwaukee's actually only got a plus nine run differential. St. Louis at plus 155. The Brewers, two and eight in their last 10 games. The Cardinals, five and five in their last 10 games. Folks, I've been preaching this for maybe two years now. And I don't think anything's changed. We talk about looking at the ceiling for each of these teams outside of the division. This Brewers team will never win a World Series with this group constructed. You know why? Because they can't hit for squat. They can't. And that's why they're on this immense losing streak, right? I mean, horrid losing streak. They can't, they were, it'd be like if nine Jason Haywards were up to bat right now, that's how poor this team has been offensively. No offense, Jason, but come on, man. You got to pick up the slack since you've been here. You had one decent year. I'm sorry. We love you. You helped bring us a ring. 
We love you, buddy. Great defensively, great leader. Sorry, just had to use you as an example, pal. But the Brewers, for me, they could have as good a pitching as they want. Fantastic bullpen, awesome starters, Cy Young candidates, Cy Young winner. You get it. But that's only going to bring you so far in the postseason to where, guess what? The runs matter because 1-0 game ha- uh, games happen, 2-0 games happen, 2-1. And the team that gets those two runs are not you because you can maybe scrape out one. You don't have a great offense. You haven't had a constant solid offense. And now you're seeing it struggle once again. But does that mean that they can't win the division? No, it does not. It means I don't think they'll win a World Series. Hell no. But I think the Brewers, with their pitching and with their experience, will still find a way to probably come out on top of this NL Central. That being said, if their batting persists, I'm probably not going to touch it. Because, look, like if their lack of hitting persists, I'm probably not going to touch it. Because I'm still going to wait. Like, my philosophy has been if the Brewers get to, like, minus 120 or lower, then I'll maybe pull the trigger on them. Because right now they're minus 137. The Cardinals are minus 103. By the way, the Cubs are 100 to 1. Cubs 12 and a half games back, minus 66 run differential. They should give you a, a betting opportunity. Like, are they going to finish ahead of the Pirates or the Reds? You know, make give me some interest for the other teams. They're two and a half or two games back from the Pirates, half a game up from the Reds. My goodness, remember how much crap we were giving the Reds at the beginning of this year? Now the Cubs are a half game ahead of them. Jeez. Bye-bye, Wilson Contreras. I hope not. Nobody wants to see him go, but you know the rumblings before the season started. Not competing. Bye-bye. Sucks. We love him. But what are you going to do? Teams all over the place. But yeah, the Brewers minus 137. They're a game and a half back. You're going through a lull right now if you're Milwaukee with this hitting. Will it keep up throughout the season? No. Will that persist in the postseason? Yeah, probably. Let's be honest. That's what I'm that's what I'm saying. Like I just don't think they can see great pitching after great pitching and compete on the offensive side. But they will benefit from playing the NL Central. Those bats will turn around. And their pitching is still going to be stellar. Their pitching will be fine. That's the thing about me with St. Louis. Like, if you could get the Cardinals at a plus price, I would not disagree with you taking them at all. How could you? Great offense out of St. Louis. But are they kind of just a flash in the pan right now, or can they sustain that themselves? I think they'll be fine. They're always up there. It's actually unbelievable how the Cardinals always find a way to compete for the division. But I don't trust their pitching is my issue with them. Maybe not as much with their bullpen, but with their starting rotation. I mean, take a guy like Adam Wainwright, for example. Like, this dude's 40, 41 years old. He's actually still pitching fairly well. But at what point does it give out? I don't know. Maybe he's just a superhero. But I think this Cardinals pitching staff gets weary toward the second half of the season. And that's where the strength and numbers and talent and skill will rise for the Brewers. So this is one we will absolutely monitor as well. No reason to rush this one. This one will probably be fairly volatile between the Brewers and the Cardinals. But something to keep an eye on. 
I do think Milwaukee still finds a way to win the division. Cardinals probably find themselves in a wild card spot. But yeah, Milwaukee, let's see if we can't get a better price on them at some point throughout this season. They're not winning the World Series, though, folks. Not that anybody listening to this uh, Chicago City cast probably is hurt by me saying that. They probably all agree wholeheartedly. But yeah, that's what we got rocking with the diamond today. All right, quick break, folks. When we come back here on the City Cast, recapping Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Finals, previewing Game 6 of the NBA Finals, and everything else surrounding both of those sports and games, stay with us. It is the Chicago City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Baseball is here, and Bet Rivers has a special offer for you every single Saturday throughout the entire season. Place a three leg, same game parlay of at least $25, and you will earn a $10 free bet. With same game parlays, you can combine player props and game bets to help you make your perfect combination. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Claim your offer on the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com. Dot com. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. Must be 21 years of age or older. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. It's 1-800-426-2537. Okay, folks, let's talk a little bit of Stanley Cup here on the Chicago City Cast. How about that Game 1 effort from both squads? Woof. Hell of a game. That was exciting. That lived up to the hype of what you expected out of these two teams for the Stanley Cup Final. I didn't do anything for Game 1. I, <laughs> I'm i looking at the score and then watching it toward the end, but naturally my sentiment is, uh, yeah, I, uh, I wish I would have trusted my gut and went with the total over 6. Because we said it yesterday, I was like, yeah, you know, maybe like a 4-2 game, 3-3, go to overtime. I mean, obviously, that's what you would say if it was tied at 3, any or uh, if it totals at 6 anyways to help you get over. But, you know, that's the first thing we said. And, and look, I got scared. It's game one. It's been wonky. So I'm not salty about it or anything. But look, I mean, it was a, it was a great game, fast-paced game, man. I feel like there's a lot of things to take away from it. One is that... They have Lancher ready to go, man. They are ready to go. Two, you got to give props to that championship pedigree in the discipline, at least in the effort to come back out of Tampa Bay. You're down a couple goals. Uh, you're <laughs> you're getting screwed on your power plays. You got to be better with that. But the point is, in that tough environment, you were still able to come back and put yourself in a position for many winning opportunities. The Avalanche dominated in a lot of categories. 38 shots compared to Tampa Bay's 23. 43 hits compared to 40, Colorado over Tampa. Tampa did win 36 faceoffs, Colorado just 24. Both teams had three power play opportunities. The Avalanche cashed in on one. They had a two-man advantage at one point, and that accounted for that goal. How do you let that happen? These are things you kind of got to be aware of when you look for the next game. The chances that happens, typically not going to, right? And really the biggest one of all were the takeaways, right? I mean, like, Tampa Bay was just turning the puck over, it seemed, left and right. Colorado had 17 takeaways. Tampa Bay only had four. That resulted in a couple goals. 
Vasilevsky played really well for the most part, but his defense, they were slacking a tad bit. They were not setting him up for success. But Tampa Bay knows what to expect now. Colorado was coming out hot, right? They were coming out aggressive, and they needed to, and that's what they do. But now Tampa knows. Tampa's got to make them play their game, though. And we ended up taking that over five and a half series bet, right? Minus 150. And I was saying, you know, depending on who you think wins, either wait or pull it now. So I ended up pulling it because I was like, yeah, you know what? I think there is a good chance Tampa Bay could win. But Colorado won. And I thought it would see a drastic alteration to the price like we did in that Edmonton, Colorado series. But man, was I wrong. Minus 150 is what we snagged. Guess what? Over five and a half games is minus 148. Only moved two cents. Ugh. Well, if you didn't get invested before, you're getting two cents better if you still want to do it. But the point was, too, like I was saying, hey, if you get that better price, maybe we even go in on it again. And this is when I thought it was going to be like closer to even money. Because depending on how Tampa Bay plays, you can tell if it's going to be a longer series. And that's exactly what happened in game one. The best of the best. Tampa Bay can hang with them. They can claw back. They got screwed in tough situations, meaning kind of Vasilevsky did, with the two-man advantage, the turnovers, just all of these things. Yet they still took this game to overtime, clawed from behind, and had chances to win it. So yeah, I think this one still goes over five and a half. And if you haven't played it, I would recommend doing so now. Updated series price, Colorado minus 278. Tampa Bay plus 230. If you think the Avalanche sweep, it's plus 450. If you think they win in five, it's three to one. Six, it's plus 425. In seven games, plus 475. Tampa Bay to win in five is 14 to one. Tampa Bay to win in six is seven to one. Tampa Bay to win in seven is plus 650. Game two, opening lines. Colorado minus 152 at the opener. Tampa Bay plus 139, and the total at 6. Bet Rivers, Colorado minus 150, Tampa Bay minus, or excuse me, plus 128. Total at 6, minus 110 to the over, minus 108 to the under. Plus 165 on the puck line with Colorado. You're laying $2 if you want to take the puck and the hook with Tampa Bay. Saturday night, 7 p.m. Central Time. What are we thinking here? Like I said, if you haven't done over five and a half, I would recommend that first and foremost. Secondly, who do we think wins game two? I kind of honestly lean more toward, I, you know, I really don't have that much confidence on one side or the other. I guess I would lean a little bit toward Colorado because you get that momentum and we have seen Tampa falter like this before, you know going back to that Rangers series where they went down 2-0. But more so I'm thinking this in the sense of I want to jump in on Tampa Bay at a better price for the series. They're plus 230 right now. Or if you think it goes long, of course, you could do Tampa Bay to win in 6 or 7, 7-1 and plus 650 respectively. But knowing there's a chance that Tampa drops this game too, maybe I'll wait. And then see if I can get an even better number on the Lightning. But if they're down 2-0, then you have to ask yourself, is it even worth betting? Can they come back from that? Yeah, they did it against New York, but Colorado's a different beast. So, 
something we got to ponder here. By the way, you can look at the series spread outcome. Colorado minus one and a half games is now minus 148. Colorado minus two and a half games is plus 140. Tampa Bay catching two and a half games minus a buck 80. Tampa Bay catching one and a half games plus 118. Tampa Bay laying a game and a half plus 475. And Tampa laying two and a half games 14 to one. No thoughts right now, honestly, for game two. I still think it could go either way. So at that point, I wouldn't want to lay minus 150 with the Avalanche. I would probably want to do something with the total or would take the money line plus price with uh, Tampa Bay. But if they lose this spot, being Tampa Bay, probably will be tempted to at least throw a little bit of a flyer on their series price. Again, the way that game one went, you would have thought Colorado would have won like 6-2 is what it kind of seemed like. Tampa Bay had some sick moves offensively, man, with some of their goals. This team is great in Tampa Bay. Colorado is amazing themselves. But what did you take away from that the most? Kemper had a pretty good game, not going to lie. But what I took away is that you still have a Tampa Bay team that is ready to claw, scratch, and fight to win, and they can hang with the best of them. They can hang in any situation. I also took away that there were too many turnovers from Tampa Bay, too much sloppy play, which has killed them on the road this postseason. You can't be giving up these power play opportunities, and conversely, you need to capitalize on your power play opportunities, and I think they'll turn that around. And Vasilevsky played a good game, not a great game, but well enough for Tampa to win it. The defense, again, kind of hurt Vasilevsky. And some of those pucks that went through, or at least maybe one of the shots, it was kind of flimsy going through, a shot he would typically stop. So don't look at the 4-3 score as much. Watch the highlights again. Know what you saw and know what you can expect, hopefully, if you like Tampa Bay. So yeah, I think the value is absolutely even more so with Tampa now. Colorado was going to get one at home. Let's be honest. Realistically, if you're Tampa, you probably needed to get game one. I mean, that was the one to get. So I'm not saying that I'm putting a lot of stock in Tampa for game two. But it doesn't blow me away that Colorado won that game. Of course not. No chance. That seemed fine to me. As long as Tampa Bay kept it close and didn't get blown out, I felt like we could get a good read on this series. And now I feel like we do a little bit. So again, let's see this market marinate by the time we get to Saturday and then see how to approach it. But still loving that over five and a half games bet. Now at minus 148. If you haven't gotten involved, I'd recommend it. Probably going to show some patience with Tampa Bay on the series price. At some point, even if, and if they win game two, what do we do? Well, we celebrate because we're looking okay with our over five and a half games played. And then we'll look to bed game three on an individual basis. That's at least how I'm going to do it. Should be fun. Looking forward to it. Same with Game 6 of the NBA Finals, folks. Just a little update here. I'll get a real extensive preview on it with Rush Hour tonight, 5 p.m. Central Time. Boston at Bet Rivers opened as a three-point favorite. Total opened at 210 in the hook. 
Moneyline had Boston minus 143 and Golden State plus 120. Current lines at the Bet River Sportsbook minus four in favor of Boston, minus 167 on the Celtics money line, plus 140 on the buyback for the Warriors. Total is slightly dipped down to 210. I'm interested in this total all of a sudden. Not that I really haven't been before, but even more so for this game. And I say this because I was talking with Scott Spritzer, pro sports better yesterday on Rush Hour, and him and I had the same thought process. Well, because I was talking about this after game one, I think, in terms of if there would be a correlation with the total versus or along with who's winning. And he kind of stated it himself. And he's like, well, if you think Boston wins this game, market is slightly indicating that. And objectively, I honestly think they do. I'm hoping Golden State wins. But if you think Boston wins this game, to keep up with the Warriors offense, you know that they're going to score a lot of points or you expect them to. And when Golden State wins, which we also were kind of assuming could be the case, you know, they could score enough to get you over. But if they're winning, it's probably because Boston's offense is slacking. Like the Celtics defense is going to be really solid for at least some spurts of time. Like the Warriors, the last two games they've won, right? Both have stayed under 97 or 107 97, 104 to 94. All right. Boston won 116 100, went over. Golden State won, 107-88, stayed under. Boston won the first one, 120-108. It's exactly what we predicted to happen, and it's coming through right now. So that may be the better way to go. And you know what? For someone such as myself, and if you're in the same position, if if you're invested in Golden State, You want them to win, but you don't want to actively root against them, but you kind of think Boston is going to win this game. Hopefully, you could still get the total going over and a Warriors win. So over 210 honestly might be the play. And really, I'm just kind of speaking this out loud right now, but that might be a play I end up doing officially by the time we get to rush hour. I know it gets tighter as we get deeper into the series and people like betting more unders. And they're probably the market's probably shifting that way more so because of the last two games staying under. But again, consider that correlation. The Celtics win. The totals have been higher. I'm going to look into the props after I uh, wrap up here, but we'll be discussing some of those tonight as well. We'll be talking with VEASAN senior NBA analyst Jonathan Von Tobel. See what side he is on. I know he's been on... Boston before the series, but we'll see if anything has changed from a game-to-game standpoint. I'm looking forward to it. It should be a blast. 8 p.m. Central time. Some spots have Boston minus 3.5. Let's look at the betting splits really quick at uh, vsan.com. You can do it for every sport. Pros versus Joes. Percentage of handled bets. All of that good info. Very useful tool. That's why we recommend you check it out. All right. Percentage of bets on... Golden State spread. So Golden State plus four is getting 52% of the bets, which is attributing to just 45% of the handle. 48% of bets are on Boston minus four. That is delivering 55% of the handle. Interesting. Money line. A majority of the bets are on the Warriors' money line, 63%, which is contributing to 64% of the handle. 
whereas 37% of the bets on Boston Moneyline handle is 36% of that. Total over 210, 57% of bets and 57% of the handle. So 43% both ways to the under 210. Hmm. I know the initial movement went to Boston, but some spots are slightly swinging back to Golden State. No game has been close thus far, right? So if you're going to bet one way, like, and I'm someone who will lay more on the money line so I don't have to deal with the spread. But honestly, I guess if you don't really want to lay that much, but you like Boston, then just lay the spread. And conversely, for Golden State, instead of taking the points, take a money line. Based on how the series has gone, at least. Looking at some other spots really quick to see if there's any big movements with either the total or the side. Um... Yeah, nothing too crazy, honestly. It's been fairly stagnant for the most part. A little bit of love as of late, like I said, going toward Golden State, but the initial movement went toward Boston, which makes sense. You're expecting them to win this game. Desperation levels at an all-time high. Survival instinct kicks in. This is probably going to be a game where you get Al Horford going for like 25 and 15, right? Yeah, probably. Peyton Pritchard dropping his 17. Seems about right. Uh, let me know if you're betting anything for this game or any angle I should consider for the show tonight at Danny Burke 5, or you can follow along on Twitter. That'll wrap it up for another edition of the CityCast. Appreciate you all tuning in per usual. Best of luck with whatever you are playing. Should be a hell of a night. Looking forward to it. We'll have plenty more bets on Rush Hour, my official Danny's Dime, so make sure you're checking in then. And until our next show, again, good luck with all your wagers. Enjoy the slate of games and take care, folks.